0: Hello, I'm Joshua Grisberg.
1: And I'm Jacob Friedman.
0: And this is Gen Z's Hot Politics.
1: This is where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world.
0: Since the whole world is on fire, we might as well take a crack at delivering some insightful, definitely non-Twitter commentary and a side helping of comedy.
1: Now, we'd like to welcome David Delaney, a good friend of mine and a liberal commentator from Brooklyn, New York. David,
0: welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Joshua. So, David, Bill
0: Barr has recently testified in front of the House of Representatives. And what were some highlights? What, you know, stuck out to you about his testimony?
2: Um, well, I didn't watch all of it, but the part that stuck out the most for me is how long it took him to, um, to say that soliciting foreign aid in an election uh, was not acceptable. He danced around the question and had to be restated, and then he finally said it wasn't. But I think it's never been more obvious how much of a political um, actor Bill Barr is and how uh, he is more of the president's personal attorney than of the nation's.
0: My understanding was when I was watching the testimony that was that they, they weren't exactly letting him speak. That's what I thought. I mean, did you think that it was really a fair testimony? Do you think they really let him explain himself regardless of whether he had something good to say or not?
2: I would agree that the Democratic, uh, the largely Democratic committee was aggressive. But I think that Bill Barr has acted so below the office that it's not surprising how people are upset. Uh, I think that Bill Barr has acted probably as one of the worst attorney generals in recent memory, and Jeff Sessions was just attorney general. Uh, and of course, well, we, we, I'd prefer if it was a more polite hearing. I think Bill Barr has done very little to deserve the respect of the committee. So after the testimony, National Security Commentator
1: Tom Nichols went on Twitter, and he basically said that Bill Barr is now pretty much the acting president. In place of what he called Trump as a just a stooge, I mean, you call you ju- you just call Bill Barr one of the worst Attorney Generals in American history. Do you agree with Tom Nichols' assessment?
2: Uh, no, I don't agree. I think that the president could fire him tomorrow, and that would be the end of the, the story. I don't think that anyone really controls the president. I don't think Bill Barr or Kushner or Pence or um or really anyone in the White House controls the president. They wish they did, <laughs> but um. I don't think that Bill Barr is acting president, although I think he's certainly one of the more powerful cabinet members. Trump's cabinet is constant jostling for power and influence, and I think Bill Barr is just one of many actors in that in that struggle.
0: What do you think is Bill Barr's underlying ideology for how he deals with, for example, protests and how he does his job?
2: Um, I think he follows the, the current party line in regards to... Um, the defense of, of the Trump perception of law and order and protecting the various corruption of the uh, Trump administration and of the Republican Party, I would say that generally, his I wouldn't say he has a consistent legal philosophy. I'd say he move he's a savvy political operator, and I, I can't really see his viewpoint because I don't think he really has a consistent philosophy. I think it's all about politics for him.
0: So would you say that his uh, views, his ideology was different when he was attorney general
2: under George H.W. Bush? Without a doubt. And I think that his ideology has, is, is in flux depending on the situation. Um, it was certainly different under President Bush, and it is different under President Trump. And it would change depending on the needs of the situation. And the current needs of the situation require him to be an authoritarian. Can, can you say one good thing about Bill Barr in his career? One good thing about Bill Barr. Well, <laughs> that's hard to say. I'm not really... Bill Barr is um, probably a, some of the worst of conservatism uh, in terms of like the virtual embodiment of Dick Cheney and uh, Donald Rumsfeld. But um, I suppose I could tell him that he's been very um, active against the Chinese Communist Party, especially in regards to Google and uh, Microsoft and Hollywood Studios. I think we can all agree that the Chinese Communist Party is bad. But at the same time, I think he would change that approach if it was convenient for him. So I would say that's a good thing about Bill Barr. But again, it's very hard for me to be a fan of Bill Barr.
1: Speaking of China, that was one of the big points uh, on Wednesday when the CEOs of Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon all testified before the House Judiciary Subcommittee as, as a
2: warrant supporter. <laughs> yes, I did. You know, how do you feel, a- Big Mac? Um, I did support Elizabeth Warren. This is true. Uh, she was not my first choice for president, but she became my first choice. Um, at, in terms of the tech hearing, I think that the big tech is a very big threat to, the, um, to American citizens and to, um, to our democracy, and to the republic. And I think Jeff Bezos is a highly um, uh, corrupt, very greedy individual. Why do you uh, think that is? He's accumulated obscene wealth. Well, we are living in a country that is in an economic crisis, in a crisis of poverty, in a crisis of inequality. And Amazon, I do not believe, has been a very conscious corporation, and I do not believe that Jeff Bezos has been a very um, uh, virtuous individual. And I think Amazon is a monopoly. And I was appreciated how um, aggressive some House members have become against Amazon, and I appreciate that this has become a bipartisan issue. Senator Hawley of Missouri, who's an interesting character, uh, he doesn't fit in any... um, gop cookie cutter box has taken up this issue um and i think that when it comes to amazon i agree with what senator warren said when you have a monopoly uh you have to approach it the way theodore roosevelt did you have to break it up i think amazon is monopoly and i think that if we don't act fast it will become even more pervasive than it already is and we're going to lose a lot of small businesses and we're already hemorrhaging small businesses by the day uh that's what i mean when i say bezos Uh, is obscenely wealthy. I mean, he's a greedy individual because we're in an economic crisis where thousands of Americans have died from coronavirus. Uh, Millions of Americans are are bleeding cash, but he has become more wealthy than he's ever been in his life.
0: Are you saying, uh, David, that uh, Amazon's current status is a monopoly? It's like uh, right now it's impersonating this ideology of corporate social Darwinism?
2: Could you clarify that? I sort of well, know
0: you mean. Well, so it's the ideology where during the Gilded Age, it actually justified monopolies. That oh yeah
2: okay yeah. now you're, that brings up. Uh, I would agree completely with you, and I think that we're headed back into a Gilded Age with Amazon. Uh, and Jeff Jeff Bezos is the new J P Morgan, and um, and Mark Zuckerberg is John Rockefeller, and it's they're <laughs> they're rooting out competition and their business practices are less than virtuous. And I think that it is social Darwinism, and social Darwinism is, a, I would say, a very bad ideology. I think Jay Bezos and the growth, the growth of any kind of, of massive corporation like Amazon, which is huge, and Jeff Bezos, someone who has accumulated so much wealth as he could become the world's first trillionaire. We cannot have both a, a country of a constitutional republic and people with such vast accumulations of wealth um, it's escaping me, but Supreme Court justice and the first Jew on the Supreme Court, um, Luis Brandeis, had a wonderful quote on how we can either – yes, he said, we can either have a democratic society or we can have a concentration of great wealth in the hands of a few. We cannot have both. There's a point where you have – where Jeff Bezos or people like him accumulate so much wealth. That we don't really have a society where people are equal anymore before the law. We don't have a republic anymore. And I think that Jeff Bezos is a threat to our republic.
0: But, um, David, uh, Jeff Bezos started Amazon. I mean, you know, the beginnings of Amazon involved him putting, you know, beaten up books and cardboard boxes. I mean, Amazon had very simple beginnings and Jeff Bezos turned that into, you know, a massive corporation. I mean, in your opinion, what do you think Jeff Bezos should have should have done to ensure that his practices were more, as you say, virtuous?
2: I respect entrepreneurship entirely, and I don't think that, I think that Jeff Bezos, I mean, this is, I don't think he's acted illogically. Uh, The logical conclusion of running a corporation is delivering a profit to your shareholders. I think that Jeff Bezos can be more virtuous in regards to his business practices and the way he treats his workers, especially, which has been highlighted by the coronavirus pandemic. But I really think that it's the government that has dropped the ball on this one. Amazon's not paying any taxes. We're not enforcing our antitrust laws. I, I do blame Jeff Bezos for his for his greed, which I do believe exists. I don't believe that any man can accumulate that kind of wealth without greed. But I think for him, he's pursued this logically, and I think our government has acted in hock uh, to large corporations such as Amazon when we should have been taxing them and we should have been breaking them up when they got too large. So one of the arguments against what you're saying is that not only
1: are these businesses that grew out of American capitalism, it's that... If you weaken these American companies, then who knows what's going to happen? You know, Chinese companies are going to flood the market and take over. You know, Facebook says that TikTok is going to do if, you know, say, the federal government is going to force the split up of Instagram from the larger Facebook ecosystem. How How do you respond to that argument?
2: Well, I think that our government should have a candid willingness to be on the side of economic patriotism. Entirely willing to prioritize American commerce over Chinese commerce. I think that when it comes to TikTok, I'm not entirely opposed to a TikTok ban. While I think that it is kind of hypocritical that everyone points out TikTok for stealing our data when Facebook has been doing this for years, all companies are doing it. I see no reason why TikTok and Facebook shouldn't face discipline and, and punishment. And when it comes to Amazon, when you break, I do believe we do need to break up Amazon, and I think that government should show a willingness to prioritize small businesses and favor competition. And if that means we have to break up Amazon, if that means we have to block out Chinese companies out of the market, then I have no problem with that. I believe in free markets, but there's a point where I believe government must step in to protect not only the markets themselves, which monopolies are the natural enemy of free markets, but also general society and the, the people of the United States.
0: Moving on to government intervention in the economy. So as, as you know, GDP contraction has been the worst ever. So do you feel that there should be another stimulus package?
2: I think that there 100% should be another stimulus package. And I think, however, that we're in a vulnerable situation because I think we botched it up from the start. The problem is, is that while I support federalism in the United States, uh, I think states are important. Ultimately, there was very little coordination at the state level. We had 50 different economic responses to the crisis, which was problematic of sorts. But when it comes to the federal government, I think we should have acted similar to how the Europeans did in terms of directly subsidizing wages uh, instead of a haphazard collage of unemployment benefits and stimulus cash. But now that we are where we are, I do support another stimulus package, and I do support giving states the aid they need to get themselves out of the crisis. And I think that we need to extend unemployment benefits, and we need to do something about evictions, uh, because there's going to be millions of evictions in this country, and it's going to be a crisis unseen since the Great Depression. And I think that it will be very bad for societal cohesion, and I think it will be very bad for um, the economy, naturally. So I do believe that, There should be another stimulus package. I haven't gone into the weeds of the details recently. I have in the past. Uh, But I think that we do need to provide aid to states. We do need to provide, I would like to say, direct subsidization of wages to employers. And I would think that ultimately we may need to implement some kind of universal income or negative income tax. Because I think that the future is now when it comes to coronavirus. And it's only highlighted the vast inequalities in our society. So... But what
1: do you say to those making the argument that we are $23 in debt, and how are we going to pay for all this? We spend too much. The United States can't handle it, especially as people aren't going to be able to work, you know, at least a normal productivity, why still keep high levels of government spending?
2: I see, and I, I, I see what you say, and I've heard this before, obviously, but... The problem is is that we wouldn't be in the situation if Republicans weren't so in hock to their donors that they had to give them a tax cut in 2017. They gave them a tax cut. They plunged our country into an even bigger deficit. And whereas we had a deficit that had shrunken under President Obama, we are now dealing with a deficit that is out of control. And I don't think it's sound economics what the Republicans did to put the economy on a sugar high when things were already going well. But I think that, we must intervene at this point. There is no alternative to intervention other than allowing things to spiral out of control. Uh, Unfortunately, when times are tough, libertarianism becomes uh, the immature philosophy that it is. If we want to just throw caution to the wind, we're gonna deal with hundreds of thousands of coronavirus deaths and the economy won't even recover because there won't be any consumer confidence. There must be a stimulus package if we want to dig ourselves out of the crisis and we especially must put the emphasis on paycheck protection and keeping people in their homes. Otherwise, the damage to society will be out of control.
0: Moving on to Joe Biden, and his campaign. Do you believe one will be the VP? And if not, who, who are your top candidates for who it could possibly be?
2: I have always supported Warren being his vice presidential candidate. I believe that she would unite the party. I believe that she would give the, can- the, the candidacy an air of gravitas and, com- and competence. And I do not think that – and one of the biggest edges I think compared to the other candidates is that all of her dirty laundry uh, has been aired thoroughly in the presidential campaign. With people like Karen Bass or Susan Rice or Val Demings, most particularly Val Demings there is very has been very little scrutiny of their careers uh, and that applies to almost everybody else i'd say warren and kamala harris are the only ones who have faced that kind of scrutiny and i think we, we could have a drip drip of bad stories coming out of these candidates with someone like warren you know what you're getting and i think that it's a i think it's a safe pick and i think that she'd be an excellent vice president however that being said i do not believe that she will be picked uh i do not think that i think her age and her skin color work against her in that respect So it's really hard to say, I think the Biden campaign has done a very good job of keeping people confused. Uh, Four years ago, I was fairly sure that it would be Tim Kaine and it was Tim Kaine. Uh, Now I'm not so sure. The Biden campaign has kept us all very much in suspense. I would say that it will probably be Kamala Harris. Uh, I think she's been the default pick for some time, but it could still be Tammy Duckworth. I don't think it will be Susan Rice and I do not want it to be Susan Rice. I think it'll be Harris. But again, I think the Biden campaign has done an excellent job keeping us all in suspense. And I think ultimately, I don't think it will matter that much. As long as Biden picks somebody who is not a risk, it shouldn't be a problem. I think the fundamentals of this election are set. And unlike 2016, I think that the vice presidential candidate this year will not be of that much consequence.
0: So just a final question, as you know, a part of Joe Biden's campaign is he promises to reunite the nation, which, you know, as you know, has been very highly divided, very highly polarized, very partisan. But some say that if he becomes president, he'll be pressured by the far left of the Democrat Party to act on their agenda rather than focus on being more bipartisan. So do you think they're right? What what do
2: you think? Well, I'm not sure if I accept that dichotomy. When it comes to bipartisanship, I don't think Republicans will cooperate on whatever Biden's agenda is. Um, if Mitch McConnell's a minority leader, I hope he's minority leader, but uh, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell will stymie Biden's agenda no matter how moderate it is. Um, Biden could propose centrist compromises on our economy. He could propose centrist compromises on everything, but Fox News will declare it to be some kind of socialist scheme to destroy America. Um... Do I think that Biden's going to be some kind of puppet of the radical left? No, he, he spent the entire primary skating around them. Uh, I'm, I've been very enthused by Biden's um, attention to the left on issues like infrastructure and climate change. And I think many people have. And, uh, but the, ultimately, he's still proposing reasonable consensus solutions that would ultimately do a lot to help get us out of our rut. So I think that the idea that Biden is some kind of puppet to the radical left is a tired... Trump attack. And like many tired Trump attacks, they're going absolutely nowhere.
1: Thank you so much, uh, David. This was amazing. If you want to come back around election oh, time, you. you know where to find us.
0: Part of our mission here at Gen Zero's Talk Politics is to kind of represent a broad variety of political views across the whole political spectrum and to really get a good window into political opinion. So thank you so much for contributing to that.
2: Well, thank you. I I was happy to be on.
1: And that concludes this episode of Gen Zer's Soc Politics. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And send us any and all questions regarding the news or politics, because your questions make the show.
0: Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.